City. But let's get into our first story of the day. Celebrating Earth Week here on Culture Shift. And, and one of the best things about summer in Michigan, I think we can all agree, is the opportunity to get outside and spend some time in nature. It's also a safe thing to do. Hiking, camping, backpacking, and all those other great outdoor activities are some of the ways many of us love to spend the season. However, those opportunities aren't as accessible for everyone in Metro Detroit, especially for black and community of colors. That's where the Black to the Land Coalition comes in. That's right, the Black to the Land Coalition. The group organizes outdoor trips for families and helps provide equipment like tents and sleeping bags, backpacks, and more. Deja Naba Ali is one of the group's founders, and journalist Rhonda Smith recently wrote about the coalition for Planet Detroit. Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire spoke with Smith and Ali about the importance of black communities and the reclaiming of nature, starting with how Ali began the Black to the Land Coalition. Let's check out this interview. That was about 2018. I was um, part of a, a good friend of mine, Bianca. She's a she's a founding member, and she had she's she's a great resource networker, and so she had homeschooled children, and she belonged to a whole homeschooling co-op. So she already had like a sort of a listserv of, of different parents that she knew that would be welcoming to resources and things like that. So she sent me a flyer about Black Earth Retreat having a, a weekend of camping for families. I think it was only 25 bucks to, to book and to go. And it was local. It was at Proud Lake, which is maybe about a 35 minute drive from Detroit, which is really one one exit or two past a popular mall in Novada everybody goes to. It's like, who knew that this is like, this whole world is right here, you know, beyond the mall. And so I went and, and also, you know, within the email flyer, it has said the organizer had resources like you know sleeping bags the uh sleeping mats that you can put the sleeping bags on tents if we needed it and things like that because they had received the donation where they could have the participants borrow so i did come with my own sleeping bags but i didn't really have any knowledge of how to pitch a tent how to camp and start a fire or any of that and i just fell in love because i was always a nature girl it just, I just never had the opportunity, you know, I, my parents never took me, I wasn't part of uh, Girl Scouts or, you know, any, anything extensive like that as a, as a child, so this was my first opportunity, and, and we loved it, I mean, we loved it, everyone was so welcoming, the people that came that may have had experience camping before, it's like once they put up their tent and got situated, they came over to help me with mine and, you know, the rest is kind of history. I know this is a question for both of you. This is such an important coalition, such an important story to write about, Rhonda. I mean, especially Earth Week's happening this week. Of We talk culturally so much about the healing power of nature, that communal power that, that can happen when you're, when you're with wildlife and with nature. But when we think about things like camping and things like backpacking, you think about REI, you think about these other, you know, businesses, and there's there's a whitewashing of this experience 
Oh yeah, I think there's definitely some whitewashing going on, but the bottom line is camping is expensive. And so a lot of people who live in urban areas may not be thinking of camping as an option, even though there is a possibility for it to happen and Black to the Land has made that abundantly clear. And I think that a lot of people in urban areas, particularly Black people, may have believed this narrative that that is uh, camping is an experience for the other people and not for us because so often we've gotten away from trying to to get away from nature because and we we've mentioned that before because of the history of being in the woods and this the trauma associated with that with hangings over the years and and things of that nature and then even with unfortunately the enslaved history of African Americans and people not wanting to be in the field and in nature but many of us have reclaimed that because we recognize the healing power of nature and I want to be able to to share that with people that, that it's a really uh, real thing it doesn't cost you much to be out in nature but definitely with the gear that can cost a lot so that's why we need supporters like black to the land coalition who have uh, gear libraries i appreciate that rhonda and that's so true <clears throat> excuse me and you mentioned rei it's like up until like maybe two years ago i didn't even know rei existed <laughs> and it's like oh this paradise <laughs> i love rei i mean we're familiar with like dunham's and dick sporting goods for maybe other other items that we're purchasing but rei is a great resource they offer classes and things like that but sometimes that can be out of reach because of the cost or or just the location as well we have those type of opportunities for not just city dwellers but people in metro detroit to join on to come along with us and honestly um when we're camping especially when we go maybe in other parts of the state in Michigan you know it's it's always safety in numbers because we'll get those looks like oh you're not from around here type of thing so people are are more comfortable with camping in a group and and of course you know it, it's fun uh when you when you do it in a in a community manner and then lastly people seem to get like oh i don't i don't want to do this or that because i don't like bugs it's like we don't like bugs either <laughs> but i think the more you get out into nature more you understand bugs and the purpose of it and i think it bothers you less because it's just like rain like you like oh i don't want it to rain today but you at the same time you're like I don't want to water my grass, you know, I, I rather let the rain do it, or I do want rain for my trees and flowers and vegetation in my garden. So you, you learn to appreciate things and, and you have a, a different, you look at things from a different lens when you're in nature more. And we saw that globally, but, but locally too, with, with COVID and people needing and wanting and having that urge to get outside because outside is always open. I'd love to hear more about your kids' experiences when you guys 
first began camping in 2018. And I mean, tell me about some of the things that they have learned that they have maybe said to you over the years. I'm a mother of five. And actually, I'm a mother of six. Let me say that my first son passed away four months before his first birthday. So I do want to acknowledge that. But I have with me five children. So my daughter is 18. My son is 14 and a half. And I have five-year-old triplets. And so the triplets were, were about just, just about two years old when we started camping. So this is kind of like all they know now. And I'm, I'm just excited as a parent about that. Like they're, they, when they role play at home, some days they role play like they're camping, you know, they're like, oh, we're going camping. And, you know, they create a little bonfire, you know, with their toys and things like that. Um, So, so definitely they're, they're growing up being nature lovers. My older two, they, um, actually had went camping one time or two with their grandparents so actually that first time that I was speaking about at Prowl Lake when we were pitching a tent I think my son was he was probably about 11 or so you know he was like do it like that like he knew but he's he's very handy with tools anyway but um he kind of assisted me as well with pitching the tent because we had a uh I think we had a like maybe a seven or eight person tent. They over the years have just, you know, they just kind of roll with what I'm doing. And um, the triplets, they one day was um, watching Yogi Bear, the movie. And on, I think it was like on Netflix or something, we had movie night. And they was like, they, they camp like us. And I just thought that was just so sweet. I was like, oh, you know, because it's, it's just, something that's just natural to them now is is you know no different than riding their bike they know that at some point out the year we're loading up the truck we're packing up and we're going camping so it's 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 regular it's a regular thing to them and this is a question for for both of you climate change and environmental concerns are one of and maybe going to be the major dominant issue going forward in the next couple decades. Has the Black community been left out of the environmental movement, do you think, in the past decades? And why would that be, if so? You know, I think that has been an issue, uh, particularly from a writer's point of view. And that's one of the reasons Nina tapped me. Uh, Though she's a, a, a white American, she recognizes the impact on urban communities and thus Planet Detroit focuses in on what's happening in the Black community. And even when I pitched the story to her about Black to the land, she was already slated to do that story as a part of a series on Black black people being outdoors. And so I think stories like these are very important because it does help people to see themselves in the narrative and to see that they're needed and that they need to take a part because environmental issues affect us. In many instances, disproportionately because a lot of times black people don't have the power behind them, be it political uh, or financial to be able to take on 
companies who may just dump in their communities and go back to their homes elsewhere. And so it's very, very important for stories like this to, to get out because really it has been a, a, a lot of other cultures speaking up and being in the forefront of the this um, movement, even though Black people have always been a part. Maybe their voices haven't been as loud again because of the lack of political or financial clout, but we have always had a grassroots movement speaking to these issues. So I'm, I'm glad to be a part of being able to amplify voices in this area. To reiterate some of the, the points that we've made here and the importance of the Black to the Land Coalition, uh, so for both of you, uh, what are the major things that need to happen to make outdoors, camping, uh, accessible and safe for the Black community here in Metro Detroit? We have been partnering behind the scenes with different organizations, whether it be the city, whether it be parks and recreation, things like that, uh, to, get, to get that conversation started. We've, we've already done that. And it's going to take a, a lot more of that from these parks and recreation systems. Uh, we've been doing things like getting our youth in front of park rangers that look like them and exposing them to outdoor leadership that looks like them, whether it's something that they just wanna do personally, something they wanna do career-wise and pursue that, and just really getting urban people, um, BIPOC communities out, not just for maybe a cookout or, you know, some basic sports that we normally do, but actually exploring our neighborhoods, exploring nature trails and taking a part of, of these things to kind of dial back and log out from technology, screen time, uh, social media, it's a stress reliever. It's good for mental health, wellness. And so we just, we're just plugging along and chugging along and figuring out as we go. But we just really want people to know that, you know, nature is, is a human, it's a human need. We need it and we need to connect to the earth. <laughs> That was Dejanaba Ali with the Black to the Land Coalition. She was joined by Rhonda Smith, a freelance journalist who recently wrote about the coalition for Planet Detroit. For more info on the group, you can check out blacktothelandcoalition.com. 